Conflict Resolution Wednesday. Having to deal with a family member or a loved one landing in jail mm. for whatever crime, what have been the challenges for you as a family? How have you dealt with it? Maybe you're a parent of a child, you warned countless times, your actions will end you up in prison. Mm, mm. And now they're in prison. Yes. And you're caught between, do I visit them or don't exactly. I? Exactly, you're still a parent. Of I can't throw child. my child away. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you are visiting a sibling behind your parents' back mm. because your parents are like, no, this one we told. Yes. And they've written him off or her off, but you're like, this is still my sister or my brother. I'm going to do it behind the back. Mm. Maybe you've got a partner in prison. And you've had to make up your mind about moving on or mm. not. Mm. Mm. If you were in prison, would you expect Mahali to wait for you? It. Oh, okay. I was about to say it depends what I went to prison for. Mm. Yeah. But if I was in prison for, and I'm sentenced to five years, mm. even a year. Mm. No, I wouldn't. Realistically. A mm. year? Yeah. No, if I went to prison for a year, I would expect to be waited on. Okay, maybe twenty years. Maybe I'm no. saying it's, it's important also to look at yourself and 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 say, would I wait? Mm. Um, and waiting is different. I can say I will wait, but I will doesn't mean I will not do anything. Mm-hmm. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, I would expect him to wait, but I wouldn't expect him to stop living. To stop living mm. and, oh. and and living. Like really having affairs, I wouldn't be shocked. Mm. Uh, he's human. We all human. It's, the thing is, so, so you can't keep it in your pants for a year. No, Please. no, guys. Let, let's let's tell the truth. The thing is, people just people uh, and Angie expect you to keep it in no, your pants. No, for seriously, we do. It's just a year, most. Pe- the good Lord gave you two hands. Angie has been keeping it for a year, so. Angie oh. <laughs> <laughs> not a big stretch. <laughs> yeah, Angie is not a, a drastic change. Wow. I'm being honest. Like the thing is, people lie to themselves mm. and to the other people. Which mm. I'll, I'll be waiting. I will wait. I will mm. wait. Yes, you. I will wait for you, but it won't wait for you. Mm. Oh, guys. I'm being one year realistic. Just yes. test of the body. You can't. Kiri, three months you'll be like. Yo. Even if you're married, I'm not, I see I'm not dead. Wow. Yo. Okay. No, I know. Yeah. I won't tell you, but hell no. Wednesday, 20 February 2019, 58 days until the Easter weekend. 79 days until we go to the sixth general election on the 8th of May. Conflict Resolution Wednesday, next. With Brown undecided on Metro FM. It's 11 minutes after 8. Conflict Resolution Wednesday, like we do every Wednesday. Having to deal with a loved one or a family member in prison. How did you deal with it as a family? Please welcome to the show family member and psychologist, Dr. Sepiso Matenji. Hello, Doc. Good morning, family. I'm Tassera. I couldn't be there. No, but you're in demand. We understand. Ah, just technical problems, but I'm here. Good morning to everyone. Morning, morning. morning. Straight to the point. A loved one is sentenced to X amount of years behind bars. What happens to the people left behind when a lover goes to prison? Okay. Just at a mental or emotional level. Um, My mental and emotional level is actually shaped by my own personal experience of having a family member committed to the penitentiary for rape. Mm. 
Yes. And just to explain as well, this is somebody that I watched grow up, that I nurtured, that I really wanted the best for. And when they were accused, whether they did it or not, because there's always an issue of, no, I didn't do it, and the family feeling like if you do not believe them, you are actually betraying them. But also that sense of being a woman who has family members who are victims of rape, feeling that just as a matter of principle, we need to get the message across that we, we condemn the act. Mm. So I want to put that up front, because of more often when I was looking at the tweets about what Cleo's visit to Briggs at prison was, people were very comfortable taking a position and then vilifying the others who were not supporting them. So I put it up there because I have a personal experience of both sides. But as a family member, and I want to say it not just as a psychologist, but as a family member, you are feeling conflicted. And the conversations around the dinner table actually become strained because you begin to realize how some of your beliefs as a person, they are tested by what your family member has done, especially if you were close to them, but also how you tend to either shut the door from other people communicating and even sharing their experiences. And just to make a point, um, if you are going to show um, loyalty to the family member and go and visit them, the ones who have been victims of sexual assault or survivors of sexual assault, feeling like you are betraying them. But also, if you do not visit that family member in prison, you are also making them feel like they are alone. And in my job, I work with a lot of people who are ex-convicts, people who have survived the system from the penitentiary, want to be reintegrated into the community. And they feel like, I was some born. Nobody respects me. Nobody loves me. I have done my time. Now I want to come back. When there's an issue in the family and I want to make a say, they're saying, wow. like that. You know? wow. So it ends up polarizing the family and making that person who has felt like they have served time, they can't come in because nobody sees them, even the small children, in how about when you're trying to contribute. So the point is, from a family dynamics perspective, it creates conflict amongst you, but also a conflict within yourself as people who didn't communicate, commit, commit the crime but also who are not victims but the, the two people involved as well and what I mean is in every family they're victims of crime mm. they also have conflict because if I'm going to show this person love who has committed a similar crime to what that which was perpetrated to me does that mean I must show mercy to the person who violated me but the same thing to the person who was in prison who feels nobody cared about me you abandoned me you rejected mm. me and you guys have done this and that and that. And they will say to you, when you're all thinking, they will want to throw your, your dirty laundry out there in the air because everybody in the neighborhood knows it, but they don't know your secrets. Mm. And then they feel like they're excluded. So if you think of it from that perspective, one of you in the family has to decide, I want to facilitate healing. I want to be that catalyst for change. And if I do, I'm going to have to cross the floor like the politicians do, I'm going to have to cross the floor and actually embrace the other person because if they are on the receiving end, what do I need to do to facilitate healing for myself mm. and for that other person? How do I deal with, I don't believe we should throw a family member away, but the rest of the family say, but that guy was a nyaupe boy. Mm. We told him mm. he terrorized the community. We are not involved in his rehabilitation, but I want to be involved. How do I deal with that? Well, I would have to say, how do I condemn what you have done fresh without condemning you as a person? Because we say, you usually say, play the game or play the ball, do not play 
the player. Is that it? I don't mm. know if I'm using the correct English. Yeah, play the ball, not the player. Yeah, so the point is you are condemning what the person has done. And part of the rehabilitation, and it doesn't matter what the issue is, we try to make you understand that you are responsible for your choices. And if you keep making choices that trap you into a, a, into an unhealthy environment, they become you. But by the time you recognize, Hore, I can have control over my actions and I can make different choices. That people can condemn what I'm doing. Mm. And by siding with me and supporting me, they can help me see how I can change my way, how I can move away and distance myself from different conditions. So let me give you an example. We tell you, Hori, um, stop saying I'm diabetic. Say I have diabetes. Because mm. once you say I am diabetic, your identity is infused with the fact that you're diabetic. Sure. And then you feel powerless. You also feel that your sense of, sense of agency is limited by the disease. Whereas when you realize, Hori, I have diabetes, there are certain things that I can do to help me control the condition. You're bigger than it. I can make different choices that mm. help me control the condition. I am bigger than it. And in fact, the outcome of it is that I can say I have diabetes, but I, I am, I'm controlling my diet. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. So that you localize your sense of agency in other things. Yes, you have diabetes, but it does not define who you are. We say the same thing when people are struggling with depression. That, oh, sorry, I'm a depressive. Say, I have depression. So that you externalize it, and then you can figure out what do I need to do to manage that condition. Mm. Now, let's bring it to family and a convict. We want the person to know what I did was wrong, but I can love you unconditionally and support you without ever having a confusion, uh, confusion in myself about the fact that what you did was wrong and I condemn it. Mm. Now, if you understand that what you did is wrong and we condemn it, what are your commitments? What are your actions that you need to put in place to make sure that you overcome it, right? Mm. But also, as family members, what do we need to do to prepare you or once you leave prison, when you come back, how you become situated and reintegrated into the family? Because if we are not dealing with our own betrayal and hurt about the fact that we've committed a crime and you've put our name into disrepute, we will not be ready. By the time you are rehabilitated, ne? Mm. when you come back, we will be a trigger as well that might make you feel like you need to go and commit more crime. It's 20 minutes after 8, Conflict Resolution Wednesday on Metro FM. That's the voice of educational psychologist Dr. Tsepiso Matenji. More from her after Tory Lane's. It's Metro. It's 25 minutes after 8, fresh breakfast on Metro FM on a conflict resolution Wednesday when a loved one is thrown behind bars. Now me, I have this problem with my brother. He's in prison, eh? Okay, I don't mind. He's my brother at the end of the day. Um, you can't throw away family. But Yena, he, he, he got out on parole and he went back in. And for me, I just feel like he doesn't see exactly what he's done um, is wrong. He keeps on saying, would he know he was framed and all that stuff. But at the same time, I feel like, why do I have to make his stay comfortable? Because when he's in there, he's like, whatever he requests in terms of like he needs this now, he needs that, he needs this and that. Why do I have to make his stay in there comfortable? I mean, he's there for a reason. Now I must make his stay comfortable. So that is my only problem with the whole thing. It's my uncle. Yeah, now he went to go commit a crime, like Batamile, Banueta, housebreaking us at a faraway place. I can't remember where it was. So now my family got wind that he got arrested. So mind you, this was mid-month. So um, this guy's my mom's brother. He doesn't work with and all those things. So my mom had to get money to go. Right. It was really far, like 
probably like six, seven hours away. So she had to get money to go there. She get, had to get money to pay the lawyer, like a down payment to pay the lawyer and stuff. So they had to go every month. So yeah, with finance, well now we were, yeah, we saw flames because everyone had to chip in and all those things every month. Yeah, so with regards to finance, we saw flames. Um, my partner, uh, my fiance, um, is actually was convicted five years, but he's not even eligible for parole. I've waited, obviously, but I have been, you know, seeing someone outside and I've let the person know, like, listen, I've got someone and they're in prison. He's actually coming out next year. It's, it's the hardest thing because people will be telling you, you need to forget about this person. You need to, to move on. But when you love someone and when they are there, they need support as well. You know, you cannot just throw your hands away, throw them you know it's it, it's they need support they they they've done wrong and they've, he's he has accepted it and yeah it's, it's it's a choice at the end of the day for me my dad um was imprisoned and at this time i was um in primary the crime that he did it was to protect us because we had people threatening our lives so it wasn't something that he had planned to do but he had to do it because um all of our lives were at stake the people were stalking us uh coming to our house um he's 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 in the taxi industry so that's how we all got muddled into it but um i've forgiven him and even though our relationship is not as strong but i know why he did what he did because he had to and i've forgiven him even though i haven't told him yet it does affect the family because my mom had to take over his business and yeah you have people looking at you but at the end of the day family's family it is a conflict resolution wednesday on metro fm we're talking about when a loved one is thrown behind bars the conflict that may or may not arise as a result of that we have a whatsapp it says i have a brother mm. or cousin he was sentenced to 18 years for murdering his girlfriend sure. we never saw this coming we were all shocked by his actions we all knew he had to serve his sentence we didn't support what he did at all but it was sad when he went behind bars mm. he was one of those family comedians there was never a dull moment with him around mm. he has since served his sentence we were all supportive when he went to prison he's still taking responsibility for the pain that he caused the other family mm. in fact he visits the family often as he can even assisting with groceries where he can mm. this will never rectify what he has done to the woman and her family uh, it can only give them closure we as his family have always made it clear that the reason we were supportive during his time in prison was because we hope he takes the time to see his faults mm. and to repent mm. Mm. another whatsapp my question is what about the victim's family how do mm. they feel because on my side they killed my brother who was the breadwinner mm. and the only boy in the family mm. that is a tough one mm. flip side of that coin it yeah. is a tough one please welcome our educational psychologist dr tepiso martenji welcome yeah. back doc thank you so much this is a very heavy subject um so I find it interesting, and it's not all of the SMSs or the, 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 the callers who have mentioned this, but when you are struggling to forgive somebody or to come to terms with what they have done, very much we feel like if the person shows remorse and they show repentance that they were trying to correct the error of our ways, it makes it easier for us to forgive them, mm. and it also makes it easier for us to accept them back or to even forgive them. Mm. But... Actually, 
I want to make a point that forgiveness is not about the other person, it's about you. Yeah. Yeah. And very often people who have been to prison, some of them, not all of them, become hardened. They learn to harness that anger and that energy of what they have done to make themselves have a very tough outer skin to survive whatever rejection, whatever problems they have. And when they come back, we say, Hori, Mutu, hadn't. Because of we are expecting they'll have remorse and then they don't show remorse. Mm. We are expecting when we say, I want to go get a job. Mm. They will say, oh, thank you. At least I have a roof over my head. Let me go get a job. And when you say, I want to go well, you're useless. You've got a degree. You've been out here. You didn't do anything. Well, Sarah, you understand? Mm. So we tend to expect that my journey to forgiveness is going to be paved and facilitated by somebody's remorse and repentant ways. When in fact, what makes somebody survive a trauma like that, and it is a trauma, it becomes very difficult for them to get emotionally vulnerable to the stage where they are open to you criticizing, rejecting, and abandoning them in a way that allows them to deal with whatever is out there in the world. Mm. So the healing actually begins first come away because of that person might not res- respond in the way that you expect, mm. but you still have a duty to forgive, not to them, to yourself. And even if they do not act in ways that are congruent with them showing that they are showing remorse and they, they have been rehabilitated, mm. it frees you and it heals you when you say, no matter what you do and no matter who you are, I will support and I will heal. However, you can do that if when you are feeling worried, you haven't done one, two, three, four, five, therefore I'm not ready to forgive. So some of us, the conflict escalates mm. because of, I came to see you go prison, I took care of your children when you are in prison, I made it the point that you get the things that you need, but now you are ungrateful, you are back and you're still expecting things mm. and then we feel the I'm going to show you who you are because go remind every opportunity that you are nothing you are a convict mm. when in fact that is part of what escalates the problem sure. the other issue Kuhori, some of the people who are in prison they struggle with their own guilt they struggle with the acts that they have done. And in struggling with it, they may not behave in ways that you expect to show how they are having that internal conflict. Mm. They might act in ways that make it look like they feel good, they feel entitled, they feel vindicated, they feel justified, whatever. You know? And then we struggle with how they are responding. When in fact the person is hurting. Now, why I mention that is that for a lot of black people, we are not very good in showing our own emotional traumas. Mm. We act out in ways that repel other people. A lot of people are depressed. They will not admit or they need to go into hospital. They would rather tell you, I could a sharp. I will not doctor man. They will actually talk you out of the diagnosis. So the point, you might see somebody drinking a lot, hitting you guys, creating a lot of violence and chaos in the home, and you do not recognize that actually this person is still struggling with what they have done. Even though you know, I've ended my car you actually are thinking verbally what they're communicating is congruent with what they're feeling inside, when in fact that is not the case. So mm. why the healing rests with you is that sometimes the conversation about what happened to you in prison, what did you go through, why did you do the crime that you committed, how do you feel we feel, requires an emotional safety that you would have to facilitate in other ways that goes outside you feeling like this person needs to pay for what they have done. Mm. And for a lot of us, we are not ready. So it, that's why it continues to escalate. In fact, that was actually my next question question that you know we are curious human beings and yeah. as a family member with a, uh, a loved one in prison I want to know but why did you do that is there merit in asking that is there merit in saying to your son but we told you mm. look for a lot of people they leave prison I'm gonna think about one person who was actually on the television show and when they came for therapy just a couple of uh, months ago 
I was asking him, have you told your family what you went through? And his argument is that they already think I am nothing. So there's no emotional safety for him to admit that Uh, he was traumatized. mm. There's no emotional safety for him to admit his guilt. Mm. Now, you are going to ask about a person who's committed a crime, why they did it. Well, now when your husband and um, and you you are having a fight about them cheating, you are struggling to get them to admit why they cheated. Or when you are hitting your child and your child says, but mama, you are abusing me, you are struggling to admit why you've done it. Mm. So can we also localize it about the fact that if there isn't an emotional safety, even when you're talking to this person about why they did it, why they committed the crime, do they know, Luena, you're also a victim of a crime and it's like they betrayed you, whatever, whatever. If that is not there, all roads to Mecca are closed. We are not going to have the conversation. Therefore, you are no longer in a position where you can ask those questions. We'll talk about defensive and then attack you. The other thing is, when they have told you, a lot -hmm. of us want to confront our perpetrators, our people who've hurt us. What are you going to do with the information afterwards. And can you handle the truth? Yes. And what is this thing here, closure? Because of we tend to use that word very loosely and we think I'm going to get closure when I find the truth. Actually, sometimes the truth traumatizes you even mm. more. Because if you are not ready to process it, if you are mm. not ready to deal with it and live with it yourself, you will not be able to heal from it. And that's mm. why you need professional intervention. We're hanging out with educational psychologist Dr. Tsepiso mm. Matenji. We'll take one or two of your calls if you're keen to uh, talk to us live on the radio. Metro FM is where you're at. <sighs> Very heavy. Good morning, Vanessa. Thank you for holding. What's on your mind? Hi, how are you? We're good, thanks. Good, thanks. Um, I'd like to comment, actually, just a bit of my story. Yes. And what um, psychologists are saying, closure and all that. It's my brother, my blood brother, was convicted for 15 years for rape. Yeah. Uh, we visited then, uh, I think I was still in primary. He mm. came back after 15 years. He's now convicted for another 17 years. Mm. For, for what now? now? Yes, exactly. So <laughs> he expects us to do the same that we did at first. Do you understand? The first time is a mistake. The second time, I is contained. So is he back in for rape again? Now I don't even know what he's back in for because I'm no longer interested. I don't mm. want to know. Mm. How difficult or easy was it for you to decide that I'm done? The first time, it was difficult the first time because it's rape. What if I was the one who was raped? Mm-hmm. He's the only brother in our family with four girls. So he never thought of it like that. That What if they raped my sister? Mm-hmm. So it was difficult from the first time. Now I don't even know what he's convicted for. I don't want to know. I don't care. That's the attitude I now have. And the rest of the family? My mom was hurt. And she decided that she's not going to go visit anymore. Wow. But obviously, as a mother, mm. you you tend to think that I am abandoning my baby. Yes. So she goes now. And do you and ask for feedback? Does she, does she give that feedback? Christmas. Sorry? Do you ask her for feedback when she goes? Does she, does she no, volunteer I feedback? Hmm. I don't want to know. Mm. That's, that's the attitude I have. He called Scott Christmas. I was like, okay, it's Christmas Day. Let me take the call. And then he asked me, that's like the answers I give him. I have a daughter. I don't have time to be buying, giving whatever he wants for Christmas. Mm. My brother-in-law would, he wallet him money while in prison. Mm. So he's expecting, because my brother-in-law moved to Canada now, he's expecting us to continue the e-wallets, the airtime, the, the, the. I will not do that. Mm. 
Yeah, Vanessa, thanks for sharing your story. If I don't have closure, it's fine, but yeah. I will not do that. Mm. Thanks for sharing your story, and we're sorry that you, yeah, you've had to go through such. Mm. Yeah. Thanks, Vanessa. Hello, Anonymous. Hello, how are you? We're good. Thanks for holding. What's on your mind, Anonymous? Okay. I just have two things. We've been supportive. My partner is in prison. Um, unfortunately, or the fortunate part is that um, most of our family members, including Myself work in the justice system or within the security cluster. Mm-hmm. Um, the sad part is, I um, just want to quote one incident. Um, as we talk sometimes as parents, uh, kids are listening. And uh, the unfortunate part was that uh, one of the kids that they were playing with, my kids now, said, wow. you understand? So it, it's one of the things that hurts, and uh, I continue to support my kids, uh, my family supportive as well. I know, you know, that it happened that um, he was asked to go. You know, people would say, Unalevene, come help us go do something, uh, pick up something, and unfortunately it was robbery. But the sad part was that um, he didn't report the crime. We don't promote it. Yes, it happened. And um, basically what we're doing is that we continue to support him because he's saving for the crime that he didn't know about it, but he was part of it because the system cannot say, where now you didn't know that they were going for a robbery. Mm. But um, the family now, the kids, when we talk sometimes, it affects them. Sometimes they see things on TV and they would ask, Mama, uh, can we, is this what is happening really? And I would say, no, it's not. Mm. And the other thing is that um, this morning as we were talking, unfortunately we were caught up in traffic, and they said, Mama, can you phone? Because we also want to tell that, you know, He's still mm. our father. Yes. We understand. He explained to us what happened. Mm. But sometimes people talk as if, like, Papa mm. And mm. it hurts the kids more because sometimes they also want to say, even though Kilepanditi, but we still love him. He's our father. Mm. Mm. So you caught up in a situation where sometimes you don't even know how to explain to people, where's my partner? Because at first we were saying he, he's an engineer, he got a job in um, his overseas. But now we realize that we ought to tell the truth about what is exactly happening. So how long because, how long has he gone for? Um, unfortunately, what happened was he was sentenced to over 50 years you. for the robbery. Yeah. Uh, we didn't understand it. We took it to the high court. And then what happened was that uh, it's now um, at the Supreme Court. So I cannot give details further to mm. it. So it's been reduced, yes. But a, we, we're still supporting him throughout the process. As his wife... Mm. Uh, does he expect you to wait? He expects me to wait. I've chosen to wait, though I cannot somehow say honestly. At the beginning, you'd want to cheat, but you get cheaters as well in the system, you know, in the process to say they know what is happening. So you tend to say, why should I want to get people who are, you know, mutotata are, uh, I'll take care of you, but you, you then realize this person is taking me for a ride, you know. Yeah. Then you, 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 you honestly don't know if he loves you or not. I wouldn't say I've never been honest, uh, dead, dead honest, but now I've said to myself, why not wait for the sake of my kids? Because also introducing that the man, the kids sees Papa Okotronko and now they also told him mm. and he was like then I realized I'm also causing more trauma to the kids because yeah. I'm exposing them to Anonymous we get your point and mm. thank you for sharing we just we need to wrap up with Dr. Tsepiso Matenji um, would you wait for 50 year sentence? 
with a capital bold font. Big no and from you. Never. Dr. Matenchi, it gets even heavier. Uh, please let's wrap it up. We are out of time, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to wrap it up in 60 seconds. You can um, have 90 seconds. <laughs> um, I think the anonymous who just called now, I wish you would have a conversation with somebody because I think when you are thinking that supporting your spouse, who is your baby daddy who is in prison, and forgiving them means your life gets on hold mm. in the interest of mm. your children, there's an entire conversation that needs to mm. be had. Mm. Yeah. With the previous caller, when there are extenuating circumstances to why a person has been incarcerated, it does help you in terms of supporting and healing. But there are some people, while there are no extenuating circumstances, they have really committed a crime and they are a career criminal. The forgiveness is not just for that person. Look at what Anonymous is saying. Because what you say when you are engaging in the family gatherings, April, December, you say certain things that communicate subtle messages to small people who are vulnerable in the family, the children, about how you guys as a family deal with things that create conflict and people who disappoint you and people who are criminals. And that also creates another conversation that you are not having because you guys have got your own, your own issue. So think about it. If you do something that hurts me and I cut you off out of my life, it's easier when you're not a family member. But if you're a family member, what is that saying to my child who starts misbehaving when they're a teenager? Does it mean they know that I'll reject them? What will that do in terms of the cycle of abuse for the next generation? So that's how I want to leave it. Doc, where do we find you online? You can find me on Facebook at matenji.com. You can send us an email at ad, uh, admin at matenji.com. Also follow me on Twitter at tmaten. Doc, we love you very Thank much. You so much. Thank I love you, you guys too. Thank Bye-bye. you for your time as always. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Tepiso Matenchi.